0: Welcome to Machine Learning. I'm going to talk about the support vector machine and oil fancies, which are different well types. I'm going to talk about nine different well types. Uh, support vector machines and oil fancies. So what you do is we this part of the sklearn library, and we want to import the SVC. Um, Matplotlib, <coughs> train test split from our model selection, uh, NumPy, also uh, SNS from Seaborn, Sequential, Activation, Dropout, and Dense from uh, TensorFlow, Keras, Layers, and Models, uh, SK Learn Metrics classification, report, confusion matrix, and uh, standard <coughs> SKLEARN preprocessing standard scalier. So the, uh, we want to create a reservoir model of the largest gas fields in North America, the Hewington and Pomaya fields. Fancies are the character of the rock expressed by its formation, composition, and fossil content. So the data set has fancies, formation, well name, depth, uh, GR, IL log 10, delta phi, ph, IND, PE, and NM underscore M and relative position. Okay, so what I did is I took uh, formation and well name and I converted them into uh, categories and then converted that result into uh, a result set of um, get dummies and then drop formation. So the formations now in a one-hot encoding format. Um, And then I plot, get my train test split, and pass in my X and Y, which would be the columns. And the fancies is what I'm trying to predict. Okay, so the first variable is called um, ILD log 10 and it is a restrictive logs measuring how electricity travels through rocks and sediment. This determines what type of fluids are present because oil and fresh water are poor conductors of electricity, while formation waters are salty and easily conduct electricity. So what I did is I plotted them out using the Uh, nine different formation types. So we have the non-marine by siltstone, non-marine coarse siltstone, packstone, gradestone, limestone, uh, waxstone, limestone, domalite, marine siltstone and shell, mudstone, lime, uh, phylloid, angle baffle stone and non-marine sandstone. What I also discovered was that the depth is ranging between uh, 2,800 feet to around 3,000. That's where the 25 to 75 percent of the depth is with a maximum depth of 3,100 and a minimum depth of 2,600. Okay, so G B G R stands for g- gamma ray. Uh, I L D log can is recepti- res- uh, resistivity. Uh, P E is photoelectric effect. The delta P H I is the neutron density propensity, and the PHI P H I N D is the average neutron propensity. Gamma-ray logs are used primarily to distinguish clean, potentially productive intervals for uh, probable unproductive shell intervals. The measure is used to locate shell beds and quantify shell volume. Clay minerals are formed from the decomposition a of igneous rock. Okay, so if we look then at the GR, which is the gamma ray logs, we could see that um, there are some spikes in some of the rock measurements, and there is variation in the gamma ray radiation depending on the rock's type like for example the gamma radiation here seems to spike up above 200 um, but it stays relatively low under 100. and then you look at dolomite; it has some real high areas of spikes in the gamma radiation and then the shell um, seems to be in that hundred to two hundred range. Limestone, limestone, sandstone. So it looks like the gamma radiation is higher in non-marine sandstone than it is in the shell formations. Okay, a gamma ray interaction in which the gamma ray is fully absorbed by a bound electron. If the electron transferred exceeds the binding energy to the atom, the electron will be ejected. Normally the ejected uh, uh, electron will be replaced within the material and a characteristic X-ray will be emitted with the energy that is dependent on the atomic number of the material. In general, the trend towards higher radioactivity increased with shell content. So the photoelectric uh, effect will be greater in shell. At high radioactive extremes are organic, rich shells and potash. Okay, so let's take a look. So the range is 0 to 4, 0 to 4. Let's go look at shell. Okay, so you look at shell, and, and it is pushing up in, our, in the four to five region. And um, the other one that seems really high is the phylloid angle of stone. Okay, so what I did then is I'm going to do a train test split, uh, for my dense network. And I'm gonna scale it using standard scalier. I'm gonna fit that against X-Train, transform it, and uh, set up my X-Train and X-Test. So once I have that, I'm gonna also do the exact same thing but I'm going to do that for my support vector machine. And I'm going to have my output being uh, encoded using uh, label encoder. And that will then create my X and Y, which I'll feed into my train test split. And I'm going to have, I'll differentiate my X test and my X train using SVM as part of the uh, variable name. I'm going to then uh, fit it to my scalier and then I normalize it into, xsvm train xsvm test. Okay, I'm going to use then a support vector machine kernel. I'll use poly, uh, three dimensional, or degrees equals three, c will equal one, and then uh one on one. I'll fit that against my. X SVM train and my Y SVM train and then I'll create my dictionary of the different uh, facets types. Okay once I have that I'm going to create my neural net so I can do a comparison. I'll set up my input shape will be equal to the columns. I'm going to use leaky REL batch normalization to keep the neurons from dying drop out to prune the neural net so it's sufficient. And I'll use uh, one, two, three, four, five, six layers. I'll use a six layer neural net. You can see the, the layers here. Uh, dense five, dense six, dense seven, dense eight, dense nine, dense 10. Okay. So then that'll create uh, 524,000, parameters and then I'll run it through a hundred iterations and in that hundred iterations I'll get about 70% accuracy and um, one of the things that deep learning networks need is large amounts of data and I don't have a large amount of data and I'm not running uh, long long training cycles I just ran you know 100, 100 epics Okay, so then I'm gonna do predict against my SVM, take a look at what it's doing. So it's predicting uh, the fancies, and then I'll do the exact same thing with my neural net, and I'll pass in just the first 50 for the X test, and I'll get a prediction, and then I'll get my actual results for the first 50, and then uh, I'm gonna use scatter plots to, to analyze the prediction, so I'm gonna have a red, green, and yellow. So if you see a red, green, and yellow, that means the SVM, the neural net, and the actual agree. Uh, in this case here where you have a green and a, and a red with a yellow dot, it means that the SVM found the prediction but the actual was green. So both the SVM and the neural net were wrong. Uh, so, so you can see that there are some errors where the SVM and the neural net are, are, are agreeing. If you have just a red dot, um, no, no yellow, and then you've got a green with a yellow, it means that the neural net agreed with the actual. So that's the, that's the cases that are showing. Okay, so here's the heat map of the SVM, and you can see it's pretty accurate. It's about eighty percent accurate, and um, it, the accuracy is eighty four percent. And the linear and it's this is not linear; it's poly- polynomial. So, uh, support vector machine is pretty impressive. It uh, outperformed the dense layer network on first choice and. So I'm thinking that uh, support vector machines for multi-classification is a good approach when you have lots of signal data.